You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Podcast. So, Prop 8. Supreme Court in California declared gay marriage a constitutional right. The voters went to the ballot boxes and by a relatively slim margin banned same-sex marriage in California. There was a trial. A judge ruled that the ban was unconstitutional, overturned the decision, legalized same-sex marriage that's being appealed, so it's on hold. And so the appeal was a couple weeks ago. And there's an interesting thing that was said by the uh, attorney defending Prop 8, defending the ban on same-sex marriage in California and all over the world because he's been, you know, defending the theory of it. So it's not just for California that same-sex marriage is evil and bad and needs to be banned, but of course, all throughout the known universe. Anyway, Charles Cooper is the attorney and he argued, and I'm going to quote from an NPR story here, that same-sex couples can be treated differently when it comes to marriage without running afoul of the Constitution because, quoting Charles Cooper now, sexual relationships between men and women naturally produce children. Unless, of course, the man's fucking her in the ass, but we're going to leave that alone for now. And then he went on. Society has no particular interest in a platonic relationship between a man and a woman, no matter how close it might be, or emotional relationships between other people. That would be the queers as well. But when the relationship becomes a sexual one between a man and a woman, society has a considerable interest in that. Its vital interests are actually threatened by the possibility of an unintentional and unwanted pregnancy. That's why marriage exists, because when you rub two straight people together, you just might make a baby. It's not about love. It's not about commitment. It's not about spending your life together. It's not about changing each other's diapers when you're 90. It's not about all that other shit. It's about procreation. It's about kids. Only when gay people want to get married, because, you know, the infertile can marry, serial killer locked up for life. He can legally marry someone he's never going to be alone with, probably for her own good, in, in in a room together. Uh, the infertile can marry. People who already have kids can divorce and remarry. It just occurs to me, you know, the state's vital interests are threatened when unmarried heterosexuals experience an unintentional and unwanted pregnancy. Why isn't it illegal for unmarried heterosexuals to get pregnant? How does banning same-sex marriage impact heterosexual irresponsibility or heterosexual sex at all? Why aren't unmarried heterosexuals who get pregnant legally compelled to marry? Why aren't there penalties, fines, prison terms, court supervision for unmarried heterosexuals who get pregnant and then refuse to marry? You know, but backing up for just a second, the lawyer, Cooper, he didn't say that an unintentional pregnancy is a threat. He said the mere possibility of an unintentional pregnancy represents a threat that creates a compelling state interest for the state to get involved. So it really should be illegal for unmarried heterosexuals to have sex at all because an unintended pregnancy is always a potential threat. Denying marriage rights to same-sex couples really does nothing to diminish the awesome existential threat that is rampant, promiscuous, premarital heterosexual activity. We don't need to ban same-sex marriage to deal with this threat. We need to ban straight premarital sex. And you know what? Eventually, that's what they're going to want to do because they are the Taliban. Eventually, they are going to want to brick up your vagina and tell you 
when you're legally allowed to knock that wall down, tear down this wall and have sex. I think I speak for all gay people everywhere and I say I'm kind of sick of being punished for the sins of irresponsible heterosexuals everywhere. If the problem that marriage was designed allegedly, supposedly, this is just a desperate 11th hour argument that they're throwing out there because they're running out of justifications for this kind of discrimination. They're just throwing this out there. Oh, yeah, straight people. Straight people suck. That's why marriage has to be reserved for straight people because we suck because we have babies by accident because we're irresponsible because – because, 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 because of the unwonderful things we do, straight people. That's the argument. I don't know. I don't know how this is a pro-straight, pro-family argument. If the only argument for the discriminatory institution of marriage, for banning gay people, is that straight people are so irresponsible and untrustworthy and such fucking jerks that marriage needs to be reserved for them exclusively. Your calls after this. This episode is brought to you by AdamandEve.com, where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive 50% off most any item, plus three adult DVDs, plus an extra gift, plus free shipping, visit AdamandEve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout. Hi, Dan. I am a 22-year-old straight male, and I just went through my first breakup. And this girl that I broke up with, um, we had dated for about a year and a half, and it hadn't been that long a time, but just with the stuff we had gone through in our relationship, it had gotten pretty serious. At least that's how I felt. Um, When she broke up with me, uh, she said that she broke up with me because she just didn't want to be in a relationship at this time. And I... Thought maybe she was just saying that to let me off easy, la-di-da. So I questioned her about it a couple different times, and she has stuck to that point. Um, And I don't know, just it's something that I haven't gotten or I don't get it. Um, And so I was wondering what you would think. At what point... If it's something that I don't get and I'm still confused as why she broke up with me, do I have a right to keep trying to talk to her about it and ask her, or do I just need to suck it up and move on? We've been over this a million times, and you're only 22, first relationship, I hear you. Uh, You thought she was letting you off easy, and she was. The I'm not ready for a relationship right now is a little white lie, and what they're leaving off the end of that statement when they make it, when anyone makes uh, it, is I'm not ready for a relationship right now with you because you're not what I want. Right? That's all you need to know. You need to fill in that blank when you hear that. You can, you know, do you have a right to talk to her and ask for the real reason? Yeah, you have a right to ask. She doesn't have to tell. And do you really want to hear what it might be? And that's a good point. I Thing. I mean, it's pretty shredding. It's pretty shredding to get dumped, right? Right. Yeah. And so then to say to that person who's dumping you, now please throw acid in my face and tell me exactly, <laughs> you know, enumerate my faults, my shortcomings, why I'm not the one you want to be with. Please, I'd like a list. Uh huh. <laughs> the only the only thing I was thinking with that was that it might help bring some closure to the relationship because, like, I was completely blindsided. 
And you, you have a right to say it's got to be something more than that. It might help to hear a little more than that. Was I doing something wrong? Was I being creepy? Do I give lousy head? Like, you can ask. You can wallow. But usually when you're dumped, you kind of know what it might have been. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you might know. Like, and maybe I'm just delusional or, like, uh, hiding this, but I really, I really don't. Like, I don't feel like there was, like, it's, it, it came as a complete shock to me. <laughs> Okay, no. well then, you know, you can go to her and you can say, it was a year and a half, it was my first relationship, I promise not to ask this question of everyone who ever dumps me, <laughs> but it would help in this instance, out of the gate, to get a little constructive criticism and feedback. But she's not going to open up to you if she has any sense that what you're doing is trying to talk her out of dumping you. It's hard to dump somebody. Yeah. And so you need to say, not trying to get back together, not trying to, like, maintain contact if you don't want to be in touch with me right now. Just, like, need one or two more specific things than that old white lie. But then you got to fucking brace yourself. Like, hold on to your... Uh-huh. Hold on to the sides of the chair you're sitting in when you ask that question, because what if, you know, she thinks you're lousy in bed? What if... She wants somebody with a bigger dick. What if it's some shredding thing? Confidence-destroying thing. Yeah, really confidence-destroying. And, you know, what she regards as deal-breaking issues, your next girlfriend may not. So hearing exactly what it was can leave you feeling insecure about something that then isn't going to be a problem for the next girl you date or any other girls you ever date. So you really got to be careful before you open that box. You need to, when you're dumped, you need to be introspective. You need to think, what did I do wrong? What can I do better? But you don't always want someone to throw a bucket of acid over you at that moment. And that's true. <laughs> I, yeah, I can understand that. And, and really, like, I think maybe it's something, too, where I just kind of need to let go <laughs> of that and learn to move on it's hard because it is it was my first it is my first relationship how many people do you know who are in their 40s who are with the person that they had their first relationship with exactly no one so you got this one out of the way you got your first breakup out of the way you got your heart broken for the first time get it out of the way move on yeah don't call her don't ask her to tell just move on and then if a pattern emerges where you keep hearing this at exactly the same point in a relationship, year and a half, you think everything's going like gangbusters, you get dumped. Maybe then you could ask the second or third girl who dumps you because clearly you're doing something monumentally wrong. And, you all know, right, one, cool. if I could add one more thing, yeah, I'm all yeah. sugared up and I'm not letting you off the phone. <laughs> Sometimes people don't know why they dumped somebody. Sometimes people don't really know why it wasn't working. It just wasn't working. And if you press somebody in that situation, so, you know, this person dumped you and you want a reason beyond a white lie or something vague and, and vague, they might make something up to mollify you. They just might toss some shit out there to shut you up and send you on your way. So you might not even get real constructive feedback. You'll get bullshit that will terrorize you for the rest of your life. Uh-huh. Good luck. Oh, thank you so much. Bye. Hi, Dan. I'm 30, and I'm 
madly in love with an amazing man who's about the same age. Um, it's only been a few months, but it's awesome. It contains the seed of something that could be really lasting, and that's super obvious to both of us. It's emotionally rich, it's intellectually rewarding, and it is the most satisfying G-G motherfucking G sexual relationship I've ever had, hands down. And we both are on the same page in terms of wanting monogamy. We've tried other things. That's what works for us. I think it's a really good match. But we have this huge problem. (laughs) He is a beautiful man, and he could have gotten laid all over the place if that's what he wanted to do. But he really holds sex high, and he held himself out for, like, the special few. Whereas I have had kind of a lot of partners. Um... Mostly concentrated in my early 20s, some really awful things happened to me, and I had no self-esteem, so angry at men, and I just took sex really lightly. I got older, I healed, I slowed down a lot, got away from that lifestyle, which just was not making me feel very good. And in recent years, you know, I've had a lover here and there, but I've had to admit to myself that meaningless sex just wasn't serving me. I don't live in the moment anymore. I think that that's short-sighted bullshit cop-out, and I can do better. So, he and I are in the same place now, but (laughs) problem is, as much as he wants to pay the price of admission, he just cannot get over my past. He tries and tries and tries. He wants to so badly. He works on it so hard, and I do everything I can think of to help the process, but it's just haunting him. He's so afraid to trust me. He feels like to have slept with all those guys, I must have these uncontrollable appetites, and it's just like a matter of time before I cheat on him, maybe lie about it. So he's always worrying whenever we're not together. He can't stop picturing me with all these other guys and feeling like he's competing with everyone from my past, even though he's already won. And he gets bothered by the idea that he restrained himself all these years only to wind up with a woman who didn't. I think we're totally living by the same values now, but I can't use anything from my past really to back that up. Again, there's got to be something we can do. I was so lost. We both want this so badly, and it just seems crazy to me that two people who are head over heels for each other should have to split up over like things that happened before they even met. Where does trust come from? How do you build it? What do you do with the past that's past but is trying to eat your future? And please help us make some headway. I love this man, and he loves me. Please help. Thanks. I don't understand why you'd want to be with someone who makes you feel the way that you clearly feel. I don't think this relationship is working out for you. He either makes up his mind to get the fuck over this, over your past. And if he can't get over it, he makes up his mind to fake it until he does. Or you dump the motherfucker already. I don't know why you want to stand around in the same room with the dude who insists on picking up this stick and beating you with it. He can make the decision to pick up the stick or not, and he keeps making the decision to pick up the fucking stick. Get the fuck away from him. This is all, this is really sexist. 
He looks down on you because you were a sexually active woman. You made the choices that you made. You were on the path that you were on, a path that brought you to him. However fucked up he may think that path was, however fucked up you think that path was, Yahtzee, it brought you to him. He should be grateful that whatever your life experiences were that prepared you to be the kind of person that he could fall in love with and convince you that he was the right kind of person for you, he should be celebrating that. Not being an asshole, motherfucking, sexist douchebag and treating you like there's something wrong with you because you have had sex with other guys. Stop cringing. Stop apologizing. Stop wringing your hands and stop letting him convince you that you did something wrong. You made the choices that you made at the time you made them for reasons that at the time seemed legit to you. You've changed your mind. You live differently now. If he can't take yes for an answer, fuck him. Or not. Don't fuck him. Tell him to fuck off is what I meant. He's no good for you if he's making you feel this way. DTMFA. I'm not really answering your question, I suppose, or you will – maybe he'll point that out. And he didn't really answer your question like, how can we fix this, right? That's the question. How can we fix this? Here's how you fix it. You draw a line in the sand and you say, this bullshit ends now or I'm out the door. What do you love more, me here, me now, or your fucking hang-ups and obsessions about me then? And if he can't pick you now, fuck him. Walk out. Looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com for a limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. There's more. You'll also receive three free adult DVDs plus a free extra gift plus free shipping on your entire order. Check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. That's adamandeve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout. Hi, Dan. Um, I'm a, a dyke up in Canada. I have a problem that I desperately, desperately need your help for. Uh, so I'm in a relationship with this absolutely amazing woman. Uh, we live together. Um, the relationship is great. Uh, sex is totally satisfying. She's unbelievable. And I would totally love to spend the rest of my life with her. But um, I have a problem. And... Uh, it kind of goes back to before we were dating. Um, this was back when I was completely enamored with her um, before we got together. And uh, we worked together. And uh, she had just broken up with um, her girlfriend at the time. And we were talking. And she said how she wanted to um, go uh, up and sleep with her ex-boyfriend, start maybe seeing her ex-boyfriend again, because she said he was really good in bed. And so I was kind of disappointed by that in the sense that, like, I, what I derived from that comment was, you know, it didn't work out with this girl, who was her first, her first relationship with a woman, by the way. Um, so it didn't work out with women. Maybe I should just, you know, that didn't work out. I should start sleeping with guys again, being with guys again. And um, she didn't identify as gay at that point. Like, we were talking and, we, like, we were um, friends and, you know, she would talk a lot about you know, like how she, she just like didn't want to say something she wasn't sure of and like, you know, that sort of thing. And um, so fast forward to when we got together and, uh, you know, we were talking one time and, you know, I found out 
um, who the ex she was referring to was. It was a guy she was in a long-term relationship with. They were together for a couple of years. And, um, yeah, and she identifies as gay now. Um, you know, not too long after we started dating, I started identifying as gay, but I just, I don't trust her with men. And this is going to sound really bad because, you know, I'm not super jealous of her with women, but with men, I just, I, I, it, it makes me feel really weird. And she told me that that comment that she made wasn't like that, that it was actually just about like, she was trying to figure out a way to bring up like a sexual discussion with me to show me that she was interested like she was open like for sex or something and um but I never like I'm having a really difficult time accepting that and like I can't really let it go and every time like a guy sits on her or something or like checks her out like I secretly I get really like jealous and paranoid about it and uh I don't know what to do I try to share like for her like I try to make sure that she doesn't that she knows that as little as possible but I don't know what to do and I just want this feeling to go away and it haunts me and I'm paranoid and like, I, I don't know if maybe you have some magic words for me or if you could just berate me until I can shake this, but I've done everything and I can't let it go and I really, really need your help. Any developments on the irrational crazy girlfriend front? Uh, no, not really. No, <laughs> no developments on the irrational crazy girlfriend front. Still an irrational crazy girlfriend. Okay, here's what I think you need to do. Okay, okay. You need to take yes for an answer. <laughs> okay. You need to accept in your gut, in your lesbian bones, that your girlfriend right. is bisexual and identifies as a lesbian because she's one of the many lesbians out there who are functionally bisexual who round themselves up to dyke. That's really okay. common. Okay. Right? Well, I mean, listening to your show, it sounds pretty common. It's <laughs> super common. Okay. There's a lot, you know, anyway, we're just going to leave that aside. And then you need to accept that, you know, what she's told you that, you know, she said that about her ex-boyfriend because she was trying to initiate a conversation with you about sex because she was attracted to you. You need yeah. to accept that that was a lie. Okay. A polite white lie where she was trying to mollify you because you crazy. And she wishes now she'd never said that. It yeah, eats, she totally does. Because it yeah. eats away at you, so she's tried to, like, frame it in this ridiculous way. Yeah, yeah, okay. She's working I mean, so hard to please yeah. and appease you. Yes, yeah. And you just need to accept it. And, you know, that's easy for me to say. Like, don't be crazy is easy yeah. for me to say. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, like, this is all things that, like, that I know rationally in, in, in my logical brain. These are all things that, that I know, that I tell myself, that I constantly go through the motions of, like, of reminding myself that these things are true, but it's still, like, so what's, it still really eats away at me. Okay, so what's, like, I can't, what's your ultimate fear? My ultimate fear is, I suppose, like, to be totally honest, would be that, um, that I worry that someday um, she will be unsatisfied with uh, being with me or just being with women in general. I guarantee uh, you I that that day will come. What? I you guarantee do? you that that day will come. In every long-term relationship, 
whether somebody's 100% dyke, 100% gay, 100% straight, bi, sloppy, Venn diagram sexuality, whatever, you're with somebody for a long time and you have regrets and there are times when you go, could have been with somebody else, with this person, you weigh the good and the bad, there's always going to be a little ambivalence. Mm -hmm. And so if that's your ultimate fear, that someday she'll feel a little ambivalent about you and think about what other choices she could have made... Yeah. You should dump her now, and you should never date anyone ever again, because that's going to be a feature of every relationship you're ever going to be in, yeah. ever. I guess, like, I for some reason, like, I feel like I have this, like, fragile little lesbian ego that just, like, wouldn't be able to handle it if she were to choose, like, that, that like, men was, like, the, you know, like, a better um, well, course for her. choosing to be with you now, mm-hmm. right? And that's all right. any of us can ask of our partners, that they're choosing yeah. to be with us now. How long will now last? You can't know. Yeah. But you know what? Now will end sooner if you're crazy. Yeah. Because crazy irrational jealousy is yeah. any sane person will leave a crazy irrational jealousist quickly. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a relationship killer for sure. And yeah. so you, because you fear that her perhaps, you know, latent bisexuality is a threat to your relationship and it could destroy your relationship. You are destroying your relationship. I know, I know, totally. I know, I know, but I guess, like, I feel like, like, sometimes, you know, being crazy and almost, like, anticipating that it's going to happen will will kind of lessen the blow, even though that's completely unrealistic. Get a therapist. (laughs) Get a nice lesbian therapist who can help you to accept that there are no guarantees. Mm-hmm. You could find the stone cold butch dyke allergic to penises, you know, would rather see her own entrails on the floor than see a naked man. And she could leave yeah. you for somebody else. And yeah. this girl that you're with now could be with you for the rest of your life if you don't push mm-hmm. her away mm-hmm. by basically calling her a liar every day, all day long. That what you want is a man, you don't want me, you're lying to me when you tell me you love me, that you want to be with me. You're lying to me. No one wants to hear that all day long. Mm-hmm. And it could still happen. Yeah. She could leave you one day for another woman, for another man. She could turn into an objectosexual and leave you for a roller coaster. Anything could happen. Yeah, I know. All you got is now. Mm-hmm. And you're going to ruin it by being a crazy bitch. Right? Okay. Right. You're totally right. And so, you know, sometimes, and it's, again, easy for me to say, stop being a crazy bitch. But sometimes pretending that you're not feeling a feeling, Mm -hmm. swallowing it, ignoring it, walling it off and saying, here there be crazy monsters. I am not a crazy bitch. This impulse, this fear, this fear is the crazy bitch. And I'm not going to let that crazy bitch in my life anymore. And set it aside. And you can say to the girlfriend, I'm always going to have a little, like, touchy spot right here and I'm going to need occasional reassurances Mm -hmm. and that's not too much to ask but but idling on drama and crazy you're going to leave me oh dick dick one day you're going to want dick (laughs) it's just this one irrational thing because like with women you know like I'm not like like you know obviously I would I would you know be a little I don't know um, like I'm not irrationally jealous of women in the same way like I feel like this is just this one only irrational thing that I have that's like the only problem and I do just need to do that just kind of like wall it off wall it off wall it off 
and now I'm going to really blow your mind, and accept that it's not an entirely irrational fear. She could leave you for a man or a woman. If you want to be with someone who can't leave you, get a mannequin, get a dog. There are no guarantees with free and get a slave. There are no guarantees when it comes to free and autonomous individuals that you form a relationship with. They can always get up and go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like what makes that, that's what makes their staying meaningful. Right. Free will. Yeah. So it's like because like if if the, if the future of the relationship is supposed to be that you would leave me for someone else. That would happen regardless of whether or not I was a crazy bitch about it. Yes. Right. It's right. guaranteed to happen if you're a crazy bitch about it. <laughs> the relationship will definitely end Yeah. if yeah. you're a crazy bitch all the time. The relationship yeah. might be for the ages mm-hmm. if you're not. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so what? She fu- Say she fucks a guy in 10 years. You guys are together. You have a couple of kids. It's all, you know, the kids are all right. It's that movie. She fucks a guy. God. <laughs> that she doesn't care about, doesn't want to see again. Yours won't be the first relationship that survives an infidelity. If you don't define it as this earth-shattering, Armageddon, extinction-level event. Right. Of course. Everything you yeah. fear could come 100% true and you could still wind up with the girl. All right. Perfect. Okay. Good Walled luck. Off. Wall it off. Drown that kitten. Wall it off. Yeah. Okay. Thanks a lot. Bye. Hey, Dan. (laughs) Love the show. And I just wanted to ask uh, something recently has happened where a couple of exes have contacted me and have been extremely uh, clingy. I I don't know how quite to explain it other than um, they really want to get back together with me, but I'm in a relationship already, and I explain that, but they uh, seem to always uh, overstep the the boundaries of what is polite in such situations. And I don't really want to cut them off uh, as friends, but uh, but at the same time, you know, is it possible to be friends with an ex uh, without them getting all weird on you and, you know, getting, getting you in trouble with your current partner? You can only be friends with an ex who respects that you are in a relationship now and has no designs on you, doesn't want to get back together with you. So if these clingy exes are getting in touch with you because they want you back, you can't be their friend out of respect for the person you're with now and respect for your own time and mental health. You don't want to juggle that kind of crazy, the word of the day. Hi, Dan. So my question relates to a relationship I'm in right now. Um, I was in it for five months with a guy. I'm 28. He's 27. He broke up with me because I was crazy. And then I uh, I got better. And I'm not so crazy. And we got back together two months ago. And things are going really great. But I have this constant fear that he's going to leave me again. Um, I dream about it. I tell him about it. But it's just kind of always with me, and I don't know what to do. I mean, it seems kind of, like, entrenched in my thinking, and that it's in my dreams is, is it's pretty telling. So, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts about this? I'm not going to talk about the crazy this time. We're going to set the crazy aside, crazy being the theme of the day. Let's talk about death. You are going to die one day. 
You know that. You were born to die. You've been dying since the day you were born, and yet you get up every day without thinking about death, unless you're me. I'm morbid. You get up every day. You just go through the day. You put that aside. You live your life like you're going to live forever. You act on that assumption, which is really irrational because you are definitely going to die. If you can do that with death, which is worse than being dumped, dying is worse than dumping. But if you can do that with death, you should be able to do that with him. At the very least, stop telling him. You're putting it in his head that you crazy. You're suggesting to him every time you bring him up that he could leave you. Maybe at a certain point he's going to go, you know what? I'm so sick of being, of hearing about how I could leave you that I think I'm going to leave you. Stuff it down. Shut the fuck up. Wall it off like the previous lesbian caller needs to wall off her crazy bitch. Wall off your crazy bitch and ignore her rantings. Just like you ignore that little voice somewhere in the back of your head that's going, you're gonna die. Unless you're me. I can't ignore that voice. It's the only thing I hear some days. Ignore it. Just like you ignore your impending death. Ignore the possibility. It's only a possibility that he could leave you. Hi, Dan. I'm a 23-year-old female. I have a question about a new relationship that's entered my life. I've been seeing a guy for a couple weeks. We get along really well and very sexually attracted to him, and it's been an overall enjoyable experience. However, he seemed to enter the situation with some drama. He's been a little flighty and not returning calls, and I was really confused about what's going on, and he finally confessed to me that an ex-girlfriend he's had, uh, that they've been estranged, I guess, for about three months, is pregnant with his child, and I don't know how to deal with this. I, the situation seems messy in and of itself, as they don't get along. He describes her as crazy and has said that they've both done some things that aren't good, but he just really doesn't even want to associate with her. A large problem in this situation is she wasn't very key on having an abortion, but he is very adamant that this happens. And so I definitely support a woman's right to choose, but I also want to support him uh, as a friend, as someone that's interacting with him. So I have two main questions. Do I run? Or if I stay around, how do I support him and what he's going to go through after this abortion happens. So this guy you're dating. For, kind of, yes. For two weeks. <laughs> yes. What proof do you have that this other girl exists and is pregnant and maybe having an abortion? No hard proof. Besides word of mouth. Word of just his mouth. Yeah. Uh, you know... He's flighty, he doesn't return your calls, he's hard to get a hold of, and what are the odds that other men in similar circumstances have invented ex-girlfriends who be crazy and be pregnant and taking up all their time and, oh, honey, I'll be right there, but I've got to deal with this? Very high, and so I was talking to my friend about this, and she brought up this exact issue. That you could be being played. Um, Yes, exactly, and that sometimes male, possibly females, to do this to work you off of the ex that they have actually wronged. And so I brought that up with him, and I was like, well, this is actually a really common behavior sometimes, especially in males. And he seemed 
innocently unaware that this is actually ever an issue and was like, thank you so much for bringing that up. That's actually not what's going on. Okay, well, you know, you have to use your own bullshit detectors and you're in the room with them and I'm not. But not returning calls, hard to get a hold of, and then, you know, trotting out this story where he's being victimized by a crazy pregnant ex is kind of a player cliche. Okay. You know, and I can't be with you right now because I've got to go be with my crazy pregnant ex and talk her into having this abortion. You know, answer to your two questions, do I run? Uh, Number Question number one, I would. Even if it's all true, I would. Like, shit's complicated for him right now. He's yeah. not done with but his even ex. even as a friend? Yeah, even as a friend. Okay. Were you friends before you started dating? No. And it's only been a couple of weeks? Yeah, even as a friend. Okay. He needs to lean on people he's known for longer than two weeks if he's going through a major life crisis. Okay. And not rush the intimacy with you along by involving you in a life crisis that at two weeks he should be reluctant to involve you in. Yeah. It, that displays bad boundary senses. Yeah. And, you know, how do you support, and your other question, how do you support him and what he's going to be going through after this abortion? You know what? All he's going to need after this abortion, if it, you know, there's actually an ex-girlfriend and she's pregnant, all he's going to need is a high five because the abortion is what he wants. Okay. It's not a trauma for him, I'm thinking. Yeah. So don't. Looking at this through my own lens of what I would be going through. Yeah, the person who needs support, if they exist, is his ex. Yeah. Who may or may not be crazy. You only have his word on that. And how many women have heard from the piece of shit guy they're dating now that their ex is crazy? And in some cases, the ex is crazy. But not in all cases. Yeah. And it's a player. Go ahead. I was just going to say not a risk worth taking after two weeks. No. Not a risk (laughs) worth taking. Not something that you would ask of someone you've known for two weeks. Is it? No, to provide To provide this kind of emotional support? Yeah, I would never do that. Because it's not appropriate okay. to lay that on someone you just started dating. What you need to tell him is, wow, that really sucks. It sounds like your life is really complicated right now and you have a lot on your plate. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to jump off it. Okay. But I like you, and I think you're nifty. Give him, you know, the benefit of the doubt that this isn't all uh, lies. And say, you yeah. know, in three months, six months, when things are sorted and settled, you want to give me a buzz, please do. Okay. And you'll never hear from him again. <laughs> all right, I'll hold you to it. Okay. Sorry to be all the right, bearer of so bad shredding news. No, that's who you are, Dan. You sometimes just need to slap people in the face. It's worth it. There are other men out there. You're young and you're compassionate. You can tell over the phone that you have a heart. Give it to someone who deserves it. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Bye. Hi, Dan. I just listened to episode 214, and I had a message for the lonely art school student. Um, So here goes. The fact that you think that spoiled, narcissistic, crazy, boring girls are normal speaks more about you and your personality than it does about the girls at your school. And if your tiny, expensive liberal arts college hasn't taught you this about the art community in general, you'll certainly learn this in New York. In art, it's not what you do, but who you do. So keep that in mind and do us all normal, self-absorbed, boring, crazy bitches a favor and get over yourself.
Um, I just had a little message for that uh, overinflated art star that called in on your last episode. I just wanted to say that I also went to a very small art school on the East Coast with a population of about 14 or 1,500 students. And I'm just going to say that he really has the advantage here because the number of straight men are very few in an art college and the number of straight women is very high. And I'm just going to say that if he thinks he's not getting the pussy he deserves, then it's because he's an asshole. And I don't know what makes him think that he's not as boring, crazy, or rich as any of these supposed bitches that he's meeting. And I just want to prompt him to have a little bit of self-reflection in his studio, maybe late one night, and think about what a dick he is. I happen to go to an art school with 1,400 people that happens to be just outside the city, that happens to be the same school as the caller. Um, I have to vouch for him. The girls who go to our school are crazy, and a vast majority of them are absolutely insane and come from these super rich elitist families that uh, pose little, little interest in meeting with people outside of their elite cliques. Um, I'm, I happen to be like one of the few low-income female students attending the school, and uh, he's he's 100% correct in in stating that all the girls here are crazy, and all of them are psycho, and all of them are boring. Thank you all for your comments. Uh, quickly, before we go, a programming note. The Savage Love app for iPhone's been out for a while. It's two bucks at the Apple Store, whatever that thing is called. The iTunes Store, the Apple Store, the Green Grocer, wherever the fuck you buy apps. I've never bought an app myself, except my own, of course. And now the Android app is available. All those Android appsters who were crawling up my ass and accusing me of vicious anti-app discrimination because I didn't have an app for Android, but I had an app for iPhone. There is now an Android app. And so everybody's happy. And you know what? The Android app is free. So how happy are the Android app people? They're really happy. You know who's mad at me now? The iPhone app people. Because the iPhone app costs two bucks. Okay, iPhone app people, just between you and me. Android people, please shut off the podcast. Don't listen to this. The Android app people, their Savage Love app has advertisements. What you got for your $2 was an advertisement-free Savage Love app. You win. Isn't two bucks worth it to not have to look at ads? I think it is. Just stop fucking complaining to me about it. Nobody's ever happy. You can't ever make everybody happy all at once. A month ago, the app, Android people were furious at me and the iPhone kids were laughing. And now the Android app people are delighted and the iPhone kids are angry. I can't win. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. If you'd like to record a question, comment, complaint, rant for a future program, give us a buzz. 206 201 2720. Christmas is right around the corner. What should you get for the Savage Love listener on your Christmas list? Well, of course, copy it Sex at Dawn. Duh. That was the book of the year for us. And It Gets Better t-shirt, which you can order at the It Gets Better project, which is at itgetsbetter.org. Oh, the Savage Love app for iPhone. Which is two bucks, and you can order it for someone and gift it to them. Why not gift it to someone that you know who owns an Android? Just to be honest. The only thing worse, of course, than the complaints about the iPhone app or the Android app is, I think, having to listen to me complain about both. I understand. 
206-201-2720. That's the number. Give us a call. And me and the tech savvy at risk youth will be back at you next week with another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Oh, uh, belated happy Hanukkah to all of our Jewish listeners. Thanks very much.